Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give. It's all at one cause onecause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event, and you should be using it. Go to onecause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at onecause.com. Check them out today. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And most of the time, the great advice that we can get as far as small, medium-sized nonprofits are from people who run small and medium-sized nonprofits. With me today, I've got a great guest for you, Rachel Ball. She is the co-executive director of In Common Community Develop out of Omaha, Nebraska. Rachel, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm super excited for you to be here today. So if people are finding us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere else, they're finding this delightful podcast and they say, okay, in common sounds very interesting, but they might not know anything about you. So could you start us off with a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do and why we're talking today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you said, um, I'm the co-executive director at an organization here in Omaha, Nebraska called In Common Community Development. Um, our mission is to alleviate poverty at a root level by uniting and strengthening vulnerable neighborhoods. Um, so we do uh, community development work um, in a very place-based way. Um, so we work in two primary neighborhoods uh, here in Omaha, one that we've been in for over a decade and one that we uh, just recently are, are currently expanding into. Um, and I think 
one of the things that makes us most unique um, is that uh, we believe that the neighbors are the true experts in community development. Um, so we utilize what's called asset-based community development, um, where we uh, build on what's strong in a neighborhood, where we partner with um, resident leaders, and where our role is really to provide um, support and um, partnership with neighbors um, to see the work of community development happen so that our neighbors um, can, can thrive and live in a neighborhood um, that they have dreamed about and they have made happen. I love this. It's a giant, big, hairy, audacious goal to solve sort of poverty within a certain area. I love that you got super niche with two particular neighborhoods. Could you describe some of the programs that you run that you experience and that you uh, help fund and sort of navigate in these two communities? Absolutely. Uh, so we divide our work into three community development categories. Um, so the first is individual development, and that's really about strengthening uh, the capacity, of, particularly the economic and employment capacity of individual residents. Um, so that ranges from financial education, um, GED, citizenship citizenship, uh, language courses, job training. Um, so really, like I said, anything that's around the individual residents. Um, our second area is community development. And um, there we focus on um, leadership development. Um, so leadership training, leadership identification, um, as well as um, broader neighborhood-based efforts. So we do, um, we have a formal neighborhood planning process. Um, we do projects with neighbors, um, playground builds, uh, you know, soccer field renovations, um, neighborhood cleanups, different things like that. Um, and then our third area is housing development, um, which is a new area for us. Um, as you know, a very uh, place-based um, organization, um, we try to be very responsive to the needs of our, our neighbors and um, our neighborhood here in Park Avenue, um, like many similar urban neighborhoods, um, is going through um, a development process, um, which has pros and cons. Um, and many, one of the cons is many of our long-time and lower-income um, neighbors are being priced out of the neighborhood. Um, and so um, a couple years ago, we responded um, by purchasing an affordable housing um, apartment complex um, and have purchased some. Um, real estate over the past couple of years. And actually uh, just uh, this year, we have um, formed a, a second nonprofit organization to specifically address um, affordable housing as it's definitely a crisis in our community and realizing that um, we can't do leadership development. We can't do neighborhood planning. We really can't do um, our other work if neighbors don't have access to quality affordable housing. Absolutely. So I love Again, the three things you just mm -hmm. get itchy and you just get that. That's so great. Um, we don't like to brag a lot. It's our Midwest sensibilities. I don't know why that is, but it, you know, we, we deal with it. I would love to hear about, um, and uh, you got the, the affordable housing, you bought the complex and started the new nonprofit for that, particularly outside of that. What's a, what's a thing that you remind yourself? Oh, this is why we do the things that we do. What part of that program, what sort of impact that you made, that story that you tell yourself that is the thing that you come back to when you're overly stressed about leading a team and leading a nonprofit? Oh, we're back to mission. And what's that one that you remember? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a beautiful question. And I think in this, in this field, I think it's a really important question to ask each other and, and to ask of ourselves. And, um, you know, I think, I think as you were talking, I, I just, I thought about, um, 
our, I think, leadership pipeline. Um, we, like I said, we, we really believe that the neighbors are the experts in the work that we do. Um, and uh, that extends into to how we staff our programs. Um, many of our um, staff are residents within our neighborhood, um, or they've come through our programs um, and now are employed with us or are on our board. Um, and so I think seeing that, um, yeah, that leadership pipeline, seeing people realize, um, you know, through, through participation, through volunteering, through, through staff roles, through board, uh, leadership. Um, I think when you actually see that happen, it's, um, it's incredibly encouraging. And it's this, you know, reminder that, um, our neighbors, they do have a vision for their neighborhood and they are the experts in this. And, you know, we provide them an opportunity and partnership and, um, just seeing them step into those things and being able to work alongside them, not just, you know, in programs, but actually, you know, as my coworkers um, and on our board, I think is something really special um, and something that, you know, keeps the impact in front of me every day. There's nothing better than an organization says, look at the buy-in. <laughs> the groups that we work with are the groups that we now hired and then they work with us to make this thing even better. I love that a lot. Now it's not all sunshine, rainbows, puppy dogs, ice cream, and unicorns. Running a nonprofit is very difficult. What is the biggest challenge that you are facing at In Common and how are you trying to overcome that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, not not always sunshine and rainbows. There's there's a lot of challenges. And I would say we're in a we're in an especially challenging season right now. Um, like I mentioned, we replicated into our second neighborhood um, over the course of the past couple of years. Um, and when we made that decision to replicate, um, we had a really solid community development programming model um, here in Park Avenue, and um, it was working really well and really effective. And, you know, we felt like we were at a space organizationally where we were able to take on um, an expansion. Um, COVID hit our neighbors and hit our neighborhood and hit our organization um, exceptionally hard, like many other nonprofits. Um, you know, the folks that we work with, lower income people, people of color, um, you know, these are our individuals and families who have been hit exceptionally hard through the pandemic um, and are still feeling the effects of that physically, economically, um, socially. Um, and so as we've been you know, trying to operate in this kind of post-COVID world um, or whatever, you know, this new normal looks like. I think, you know, we're seeing um, that uh, what we did pre-COVID isn't necessarily working um, in terms of um, outreach and class um, class attendance and community engagement and um, leadership development. Um, and so, you know, we were anticipating spending this year really focusing on getting our second neighborhood and our new housing um, entity, getting those things up and running. And instead, we're having to really focus on, um, in addition to those things, um, addressing some challenges in a, in a program strategy that we thought was, um, you know, a pretty well-oiled machine. And so definitely an, an unanticipated challenge Um and something, uh, yeah, it's something that keeps me up at night, I think, just, you know, trying to balance all of those things and, and make sure that things are running well. Um, you know, I think, though, you know, to your question about how we're addressing that, one of the things that um, we try very hard here is to um, be very values driven. Um, and so, you know, I mentioned our value of, um, you know, neighborhood leadership. Um, and so we try to be very focused and very values driven in terms of remembering who we are and, and what it is that we do. You know, you hit on like, okay, we're in these two neighborhoods, we do these three things. And so even having some of those conversations right now about like, what is our sweet spot? What are things that we 
we can collaborate with others on who, you know, maybe this isn't something we're super, super good at, or maybe for the time being, this is something that we need to collaborate with someone else on so that we can focus on these really top priorities and making sure that these are done really well. Um, so I think our team just always coming back to, to who we are, why we do this, what is it that we do really well? How can we be hyper-focused? Um, and just staying really grounded, I think is really key for us, especially in the season where it's, it feels like shifting sand and like trying to find this new normal and operate these new things. Um, it's really important to, to know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and what you do really well that no one else can do. I think there's a lot of people who are probably listening, nodding their head over. Yeah, that sounds exactly what we're going through. And I think the best part about this podcast and the best part about interviewing individuals like yourself is that there is a relatability regardless of where you live or listen or work. We all kind of have those 10,000 different hats and those stressors that keep us up at night. And then we've got a game plan to go at it uh, the very next day. That is awesome. Now, as a uh, director of a nonprofit, you probably have learned a tip or trick that works well for your organization. And we always like to ask our guests, what do you got for everybody else? They're listening and trying to figure out what they can do best at their organization. So Rachel, do you have a tip or a trick that you'd like to give an executive director who's listening today? They might be able to use at their nonprofit. Yeah. Um, I want to, this might be too big to qualify as a tip or a trick. Um, but as you shared my title, um, I'm our co-executive director here at InCommon. And, um, we actually had a previous board chair who recommended that model. Um, I was formerly our associate director, um, and our, um, ED, he and I have, or at the time, our ED, now my, my partner, um, had just an uh, amazing partnership and just balanced each other out really well. Um, and so a, a former board chair, um, recommended this co-director model, um, and you know, you, you use the phrase, like, do what you do, you know, well, and how do you, how do you do that even better? And I think, um, you know, uh, uh, again, I don't know, it might be too big for a tip or a trick, but really, I mean, a philosophy that we use here at in common a lot is really just making sure that people are in the right seats and that people are freed up to do what they are really good at. And I think a lot of times in leadership positions, we end up having to wear um, hats that don't fit us well. And sometimes that's fine. We all have to do things that we don't necessarily love. But I just think, you know, opening up the box a little bit in terms of how nonprofits are structured, what leadership looks like, what collaboration means, um, and, you know, allowing, um, I think, EDs to, to dream a little bit about what they do really well and what are some creative ways they can find support for things that maybe they don't do as well or things that they don't have time for in this season. Um, so identify, you know, what are the, what is my sweet spot? What am I really good at that no one else can do? And how can I bring others around me um, to maybe fill in those, some, some of those holes and, and partner with me. And it really, for us, has taken our organization to, to another level um, to really free people up to, to do what they do really well. I love most about this is that there's going to be somebody who listens to go, wow, this actually solves a lot of my problems. They're going to try the co-executive director bit. And I love it. That's a great tip. And again, I think find your sweet spot is something that we all have to do. And we either hire something that we're, uh, you know, a, a talent that we're just not good at because you're wasting so much time trying to figure out it for yourself. Great tip and trick. Okay. There's probably a lot of people who want to hear all about you. They want to follow you. They want to learn from you. Maybe they got a sack of money hidden under their bed and they want to give it to you. How on earth? They don't know how to get a hold of you. So what website, what email, what address, what phone? Give us all the deets on how we get a hold of in common community development out of Omaha, Nebraska. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love to to connect with others, to learn from others. And of course, if someone has a big sack of money, we would we would definitely love that as well. Um, yeah, so our website is in common CD. So in common and then CD as in community development.org. Um, and you should be able to find um, most of most of what you would want to know about us on there. I hope so. We we redid our website recently, so I hope it's I hope it's user friendly and gives everybody the information that they need. Um, and then, yeah, I would love to chat with people. Um, my email is just Rachel R A C H E L at incommoncd.org. Perfect. We're gonna have all the show notes labeled here. So go on after this show and go click on those. Why? By the way, while you're at it, if you haven't subscribed to this show. I mean, you should and leave a five-star review and then immediately go back to the show notes and click on incommoncd.org and go visit everybody and see what they're doing and sort of take notes. This is a group that's doing amazing things. And if you're one of those, uh, you know, sort of smaller or medium-sized nonprofits and you see something they're doing, yeah, go ahead, mimic it because it's working and it might work for you too. Um, First of all, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for uh, sharing the niche within the niche uh, you know, not stay in your lane, but kind of get really good at what you're doing and do it over and over and over again till you perfect it. I love that message. Uh, love your enthusiasm, love the creativity on the co-directorship and sort of learning all that kind of bit. That's amazing. But most of all, thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, uh, really fun to share and talk. And yeah, hopefully I'll be able to connect with some others. Done and done. Thanks. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesome or a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.